everyone. Welcome back to Central American Voices. This is Susan Garcia. Hola, bienvenidos a Voces Centroamericanas. Mi nombre es Alejandra Quiroz. Le agradecemos por sintonizarnos una vez más. Today, we're going to talk with Marla Diaz, a Dominican Guatemalan American who is an alumni from Monteclair State University, and she got her master in international studies and journey studies from NYU. Welcome to the show, Marla. We're so excited to have you here. Hi, Alejandra. Thank you so much for having me today. Just like I said, thank you so much for having me today. I, like you mentioned, I do describe myself as a Dominican, Guatemalan, American. It's a mouthful, but that's how I usually describe myself. Or I just say, like, if it's someone who's never met me, I'll just say, like, I'm a Hispanic woman. I just received, like you said, my master's um, from NYU in gender studies. And right now I'm working as a paralegal. Not really my career, but that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, yeah. always at the beginning, we never in our field, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, soon, soon we'll be there. <laughs> um, I know, as you said, you are, uh, you describe as a Dominican, Guatemalan, American. So how was living in a diverse Hispanic community for you as having, you know, two diverse backgrounds from your parents yeah i mean living in a diverse like hispanic community for me i guess i've never known anything different it's i've grown i've grew up in jersey my whole life specifically west new york new jersey and it's predominantly all hispanics like mm -hmm. when i was younger it was all central american and then when i got to middle school it was like dominicans and then cubans and it just evolved to all hispanics um mm -hmm. so that's basically all i've known my entire life i guess the moment i would say that it changed for me was like when i studied abroad in thailand and oh, okay. that was my sophomore year of, no i'm sorry my junior year of college and it was then that i noticed like wow this is what it is outside of jersey i mean I would travel to Dominican Republic and I had traveled to Guatemala, but I had never known anything else than, you know, Latin America. So mm -hmm. that was different for me. But I guess I've always been proud of my Hispanic community. I'm always like, I root for them. I am a proud Latina woman. I'm just like, it's who mm -hmm. I am, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, that's that 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 is amazing, and you know, I I'm glad that you were able to grow up in a community, of course, that is so diverse. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you didn't feel like the other. You know what I mean? Like you were always within your community. Um, and amazing how you were able to experience not only the Central American community, but the Dominican community, and more of the Caribbean, and of course other countries. Um, you you said you grew up in in Jersey. Yeah, so I was born uh Jersey City and my parents as soon as I was born we bought a house, well they bought a house in West New York and oh, okay. I've lived here my entire life. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I have never visited New York. So every time I have someone you know on the show who talks about New York, it's always like it, it sounds like it's so rich and diverse. Yeah, I mean, so it's it's called West New York, New Jersey. I mean, it's mm -hmm. called West New York, but it's in New Jersey, but I'm okay. like 10 minutes away from New York like I crossed okay. the bridge and I'm right there which is uh, we're so lucky because of that yeah oh yeah I I, I'm, I oh, honestly sometimes I feel like I get lost so how New York operates so like oh, New York City, no. you know <laughs> but it's always it always sounds like you guys have like you know so diverse and rich and you know big community yeah and I'm so yeah excited. We're definitely like it's I'm very for I feel like I'm fortunate to have such a like big diverse community because like I said it's Hispanics also but mm -hmm. just like the county that I'm in is also like there's Middle Eastern there's oh, okay yeah there's a whole bunch of there's different communities it's not just Hispanics but predominantly it is all Hispanic so I'm very grateful for that yeah and of course you know like I I, I feel like to start in a sense of course your identity and the way you grew up of course uh, it relates not only to your parents but of course to the community you grow up in and I know you know like you mentioned how you're a first generation mm -hmm. and how you know identity um, of course always as you know first gen is always a struggle um, mm -hmm. how was your experience you know, about that adapting and like making space for women of color specifically and of course you know like listen like in the connection of both of your uh, backgrounds Yeah, I mean, growing up, I would say, um, you know, I was as a child, you don't know anything, you just go with what's cool, I guess. Um, yeah. So growing up, I when anyone would ask me like, Oh, where are you from? 
I would just be like, oh, I'm American. That's it. Like I would just drop it. Mm -hmm. And then the older I got, when I got to middle school, that's when I started saying like, oh, my mom is Dominican. My father's Guatemalan. And then it wasn't Mm -hmm. until like high school that I actually identified like, oh, I'm, I'm Latina. I'm and they're like, oh, really? And I'll be like, yeah, you know, growing up because I'm like, they would say I look Indian when I was younger. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, they're like as a joke. But it wasn't until college that I really learned um, who I was as an individual, as a Latina woman. I would be proud, like, okay, yes, I'm Dominican, I'm Guatemalan. And then it wasn't until I guess my freshman year of college was when I started asking all these questions, like to my parents, like, where did you come from? How did you get here? Like, please tell me your story. And even then, like, not only as a Hispanic, I had to uh, differentiate myself um, from not only a Dominican woman, but a Guatemalan woman. And then it was like, are you Dominican enough? Are you Guatemalan enough? And then it was a struggle of, okay, are you Hispanic enough or American enough? There was always that identity issue that I had. Um, that I had to come to the conclusion, like, okay, you need to stand your ground and be proud of who you are. And that was, again, when I was in college, that I, it made me realize, like, this is who you are. You're a proud Latina woman. Um, but it took a while to get there. It was definitely not like, okay, as a young little girl, I was a proud little mm-hmm. Latina woman. Like, it took a while for me to to be where I am. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I'm I'm glad that, you know, uh, you were able to get to, you know, ac- accept, you know, who you are and, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it, it does take time. You know, I, uh, I'm not a first gen, you know, I migrated here, mm-hmm. but I have, you know, seen the struggle of first gen. I feel like it's, um, it's somehow I relate. You know, uh, just because, you know, I already came with the strong thing of like, I'm Honduran, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, don't, you know, don't put any name on me like I'm Honduran, that's it. Uh, but I do um, relate to you of asking question and mm-hmm. how we have said throughout the show, how often we realize uh, the age close to when we're in college. And I don't know if it's because, you know, classes we take or because we're getting, you know, estamos madurando yeah. or, you know, um, uh, but we become more like, um, ¿cómo se llama? Este, curiosos of where, yeah. like, on, like, or ancestry or history mm-hmm. or like, because I, you know, as I said, you know, like, uh, I, I moved here like nine years ago and I was always like, you know, yeah, I'm a proud Honduran and that's it. Yeah. But it never, it never came to my mind, like, oh, you know, until probably years ago when, like, oh, mom, so, so how's like, you know, like, your side of the family, you know, because yeah. my mom's like a specific pueblito in, in, in Honduras and then mm-hmm. my dad is from another thing and like how the mix and I even got to the to a point to do an ancestry DNA, you know what I mean? Wow. And, and that's that's a, that's another, you know, like uh, issue and like yeah. sometimes we get mad because, you know, of course you will have colonization and like mm-hmm. um, many Mayas, so like all over the place, to be honest. But um I feel like um, with the connection, you know, with the first gen and my migrants, it's, it's good to have the connection like you, that you were able to ask questions to your parents of the background and, and you know, like this history of from where, you know, they come from. Um, in the case, let's say like uh, for your side of your mom or your mm-hmm. dad, did they told you any specific, you know, stories that connected you more or that they were able to inspire you to continue have that, you know, curiosity on learning more of who you are? Um, as far as like my dad, what it would be now, my dad, when I would ask him questions, he would just get so passionate and so excited that he would go back to like, his grandfather oh my god <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was like details so I'm very fortunate that I asked those questions because now I know like okay this is where my this is where my dad came and I was able to like visit Guatemala like where he grew up the town like his old friend and where he played and it's just a small town in Guatemala it's like called Santo Domingo so it was ironic mm. that my mom was born in Santo Domingo but in time oh. <laughs> yeah so when I would ask my dad questions, it would just be like, just back and forth of like, how, how, what, what made him decide to come to like America and what inspired him. And it was just, you know, like the cliche, like, oh, I would see the buildings and I just needed to come to the state. So it was like, it was exciting to know that part of him because I wasn't born in Guatemala, but 
because he was able to tell me all those stories, I feel like I was there with him, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, um, yeah, but all those stories, I was like fortunate to like understand who he was. And mm-hmm. it kind of it kind of went back of my dad. He used to have um, he didn't have an accent like a uh, like mm-hmm. Spanish accent. And so then I guess I didn't realize until college, my best friend at the um, at the time, I was like talking to her and she was like, you have an accent. And I was like, no, I don't. This was my yeah, my junior year of college, which is crazy to me. Um, she was like, you have an accent. I was like, no, I don't. And I never realized because growing up, it was always around Hispanics. So, mm-hmm. you know, you don't hear that with, like, you don't really hear that with other Hispanics. You're like, ah, todo el mundo suena igual. And it's like, right, yeah. No. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was really ironic that I, I talked to my dad about that. And he was like, yeah, I mean, it, it's bound to happen. So just small things like that, that, you know, made me proud. Another thing that I was like, okay, yeah. Now when people ask me like, oh yeah, you have an accent. I was like, yes, I do. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool and nice. Cause I feel like, you know, um, some people, um, feel like a shame of having an accent sometimes. Um, yeah, I, I I had told this story about like, you know, when I moved here, people used to, I I live here in Los Angeles, which is Mm -hmm. mainly, you know, um, um, the Mexican community. So of course I had like, you know, a lot of issues, not, not to everyone, I mean, cause the Mexican community is always, you know, welcoming, but you have like some, you know, rosas con algunas personas. <laughs> and, so in my class of ESL, they used to tell me, you know, like, why do I used to talk like that? Mm-hmm. And I think like, you know, I was 14. So at, at the time, like, it was like, oh, pues así hablado todo mi vida, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, growing up, I, I now, when people talk to me, they're like, oh, si te escucho un acento, I'm like, yes. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. Very yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. And I'm proud of it, you know? Yeah, and even yeah. When, totally. When yeah. I, yeah. And last time when I was talking with Susana, she was like, she was telling me how, like, oh, pronuncias bien bonitas las S's. I'm like, I have never, and now when I talk and I hear like, and I'm like, she was like, oh, es que como que te saltas las heces, and I'm like, you know, I, I never put attention to like now when I am talking to, you know, my family, uh-huh. and I'm like, I do not, you know, like, como las heces. you know, and there's some little things like that, that you come to realize, you know, of course later, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, that happens to you, and you didn't realize that you had an accent till, you know, probably, you know, later, I'm, I'm not going to say now, but, you know, later on in your career. Um, and that is amazing that you were able to embrace it just because some people actually be like, oh, no, I don't want to have an accent. Yeah. Um, yeah. I became very grateful. As some people, that's, as you said, like some people are like, wow, you didn't. I'm like, yeah, I, even to this day, I told you, like people, especially like my peers. So they're like, can mm-hmm. you pronounce this word? I'm like, no, I can't pronounce it. That's it. Move on. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, I I I do um, believe that accents and are part of you. You know, like yeah. how you pronounce your words, how you pronounce, you know, like I don't know, say how you react of your like body language is some is part yeah. of you, and is you know, it's actually connected to how you grew up, and of course to your parents. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm very thankful that you were able to visit Guatemala, you know, and have the connection with you know your father. I know we're going to talk about your dad um, mm-hmm. a little bit later on, but I feel like those stories that he told you, it made you feel more connected, you know, uh, to what Guatemala. Of course, mm-hmm. I am. I'm sure that, you know, the stories that your mom told you connected you to Republic, uh, sorry, Dominican Republic, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, like it's um even if they are in the same community of the Latin community, they're so diverse, completely cultures. Yeah. It's, it's like completely like yeah, very different <laughs> <laughs> but it's so nice how like when when they come together you know like uh, i'm sure you mix i don't know something like food or something yeah, like that i mean there are two like you said i mean the caribbean and the central american my every time we go out and be like oh wow you're dominican and guatemalan but everything to the music to the food to mm-hmm. the way that we speak everyone is always like oh my God, you don't speak Dominican. I'm like, I don't know what that means exactly. Like, <laughs> like they you know how it me. It's like the stereotype, like Dominicans, like, que lo que? and I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know what that means. Like, I don't understand why you put that stereotype. But that's like something I with my Spanish. Like my Spanish is when I speak, is they're like, oh, you speak very Guatemalan. I'm like, yes, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 
uh, I don't see it, you know, like, uh, I haven't met many, you know, Dominicans. So mm-hmm. I know that there's this thing of like, when people talk, talk Dominican kind of like, you know, it, lo que dijiste de que lo que, o yeah, diablo, yeah. <laughs> or something like that, right? Yeah. Usually, usually are strong like that. Uh, but of course, you know, when, when, when you have parents from other cultures, of course, um, they're like, you know, they combine. So mm-hmm. you have both, you're both, you know, like, yeah. you're not like, half this half no you're you're both you know yeah. so <laughs> so yeah so I'm, I'm i'm glad that you were able you know to experience that to the connection in guatemala and how he told you the story of how he came here how um como dice que you know like uh que él nomás tenía como que sabía que tenía que venir you know oh. like the the story always right uh, <laughs> so um tell us a little bit about your the your father's story you know your father's story is a story of resilience you know how you migrated here mm-hmm. at the age of 18 from Guatemala and you know he told you all the story he was able to uh become an owner so um how's this how did he told you the story? And I'm sure you were able to experience and see your dad's grow here. Yeah. Um, so my dad actually migrated to the U.S. when he was 18. Um, he tells me the story with pride because I used to always joke with him. And he would be like, oh, tú te vas de la casa. Me vas a dejar los 18 años. I'm like, papi, you left at 18 from a whole other country. <laughs> different but yeah he came from guatemala he was the first one in his family to leave um he came with like a hundred dollars in his pocket he just got his passport and he came to america he ended up um living in new york in flushing new york that was like his first place and within a year he didn't know any english not one word well he knew like hello and goodbye and within a year he learned english he started his first job as like a server. And within like two to three years between that, his brother ended up coming to the country as well. And they opened up their factory. And it was in Jersey City mm-hmm. and it was like a fabric factory. And then from there, they started getting like one employee, two employees, and it ended up being like 40 employees that they had at the time. And mm-hmm. with that, they were, uh, they were able, my dad was, he, well, he says he, he was able to like make lots of money. Like he was very successful. Um, it's funny because that's where my mom and my dad met. My mom used to work for my dad. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it was, um, though that was like in 1980 and then it wasn't until, um, my, my sister, she's older than me. She's 27. Um, they bought the house. That's when my dad was successful. And then unfortunately, due to the the recession back in mm-hmm. 1980, it lasted a while. And so then my dad lost the factory and he started doing construction. And there it was, it was kind of a hard time. I do remember it, even though I was like six or seven years old. Um, we had, they had just bought the house, like maybe five years ago, six years. And it was, it was a struggle. It was, I remember him coming from work exhausted. He worked like 15 hour shifts and my mom wasn't working at the time cause we were too little. So it would be my dad just working and us like eating anything we could possibly find. And we didn't have heater and it was like, it was a struggle. And I had never, I think that was like the first time I had ever seen or been in a situation like that I was so young so I really didn't understand it and it wasn't until a couple of years later that my mom was like yeah we we couldn't afford anything um fortunately my dad ended up working for this company now it's called ABM at the time mm-hmm. it was called Temple mm-hmm. and fortunately he the way that his personality was very he was loud and he liked being like the center of attention and he liked being the boss. So, <laughs> so he was able to become a manager within like two years of working there. And like I said, at the time it was called Temco and they kind of shifted around all through Jersey. And he ended up being in this company where now it's called ABM and he became the supervisor, which he was, um, he was the supervisor to maybe a hundred employees and he loved his job. He was like a workaholic, but he was very successful in the terms of, you know, being a great boss and advocating for, you know, those, his employees, like anything his employees needed. He was there. Very inspirational. Everyone like looked up to him because he was just so hardworking. Sometimes people would be like, oh my God, why do you work so much? But yeah, he, he was the greatest. He was the greatest man ever. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm sure. And just like just hearing the story, it's just, you know, like, um, it's so inspirational. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Coming to a different country is always hard. Yeah. doesn't matter. Even if moving to another city or other state, but coming to another country is always hard. And the decision that your dad make, um, just coming with the, you know, a hundred dollars. I don't know how much a hundred dollars was back then, but it's still a hundred dollars. Yeah. It will, will not last you a year. I, oh my God. Are you crazy? <laughs> no. I don't no. Finish, like in two days. No, no. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, um, coming to a new city, no knowing of course the language mm-hmm. is always a huge barrier and listening to your story and i'm sure many people can connect with their fathers uh, their mother's stories to mm-hmm. come in here with nothing in their pocket just for them to have a better future yeah you know and in this time you know like your father did not you know had a family Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know other people, other people migrate already having a family back home or they come with their family or anything, you know, and how he was able, you know, like, of course, recession happens. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, I'm I'm sure they're going to call this 2020 a recession as well. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, th- things happened, you know, like y- your father had this um, this factory and then, you know, because of the recession and everything who happened, who's, you know, sometimes not in the hands of the workers, of the hands of the owners yeah. who work, um, it's out of, if out of the hands, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's, it's just that. And it affects everyone, you know, in this case, yeah. you know, it affected your family situation mm-hmm. economically. And I'm sure it affected, you know, your mom, your mother, you know, like it, it, situation like this affects not only emotional, it, it affects it, it mentally, uh, it, economically everything you can imagine and even though when you were little i'm sure you know like your family would look back to those years of struggles to you know i would say years after of the the, always a struggle makes you know people family come together Mm -hmm. and like you know, you see that success that you have after, and it's, you know, okay. A veces tienes que pasar. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, a veces hay que pasar un, you know, like, ¿cómo es que le dice mi mami? Um, caminar entre clavos y fuego. But at the end, it will be worth it. You know, at the yeah. end, it will be worth it. And I'm so happy to hear a story like your father, you know, because mm-hmm. I know many others can connect to that. Yeah. Maybe us can, you know, maybe us can, you know, like, you see uh, uh, your father as a, you know, symbol of, you know, um, as your hero, as someone you looked up you know, to him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, it's someone who's listening to a story. I'm like, okay, even if I don't have nothing in my pocket, we'll always be fighting for my family. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> you know, and like, this, you know, I, I, me working, uh, uh, I was a server not long to go to, uh, ago. You know, I got laid off because of yeah. you know, COVID. Um, <laughs> and I, I was able to meet people like your father. You know, I remember this guy who's, um, uh, su nombre es Polo, you know, okay. and, you know, he was a dishwasher. Mm-hmm. And I used to tell him, like, trabaja demasiado. <laughs> okay. And I was like, trabaja de-. and, you know, you will see him. Like, he would work in the Denny's I used to work in the morning. And uh-huh. he would go on that to another Denny's at night. Oh, and yeah. that was the first thing. Like, it was back to back to back. But you see their love to their family and the how where did they come to you. And that they don't, you know, sometimes, like, they don't care. And even though you're there telling them, like, trabaja demasiado. Oh, oh. It's like, okay. Like, it's like, oh, no big deal. It's like, how? Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah. then this generation, we're like, oh, 10 hour shift. Oh, my God, we're down. And then it's like, they could do 15 hours and they're perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, no, yo con, like, you know, I used to work graveyard. I'm like, oh, me, you know, just graveyard three years. I'm like, oh, no, yeah. I'm not doing that. But, you know, I used to see, like, you know, I, I met in in the food, you know, um, business, you know, of course, as a server. I met, you know, dishwasher cookers that used to tell me the story, how they went from managers who went from one restaurant to another restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who, like, just got here. People who, like, had, like, probably years and they're, like, they're there, like, serving tables and everything. And I'm, like, uh, I'm here, yeah. like, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, yeah. you guys need to like relax, take like yeah, take everything, no. see, you know, uh, everything will happen. Okay, but they're always like, oh no, you know, mi familia, mis hijos, mi mamá, mi tierra. Yeah. Mi like those are the main things they say when you ask when you tell them like, oh no, trabajes tanto. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're definitely like the older generation. Um, like especially my dad, uh, he was. 60 he was 60 no 68 yeah when mm -hmm. he passed away um but i feel like that generation is like so hardworking and they're dedicated to their family like they know it's like yeah. all right i did this for my family but i'm still going to continue doing it for my family and that's like that's something that's like instilled in them and i feel like that that was instilled in me now i'm just like all right now i take this role that i have to like support the family and be strong mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I see see them, you know, like we, I feel like sometimes we younger, we complain about yeah. every little thing, like, como, como dices, oh, it's a 10 hour shift. <laughs> oh my God. Like in my case, oh my God, I have to wake up at four in the morning. <laughs> I have to do this, this, you know, like we complain so much. And when then we see stories like your father's story, I'm like, uh, okay. Yo, <laughs> yo me estoy ahogando con vasito de agua. Yeah, yeah. He used to always tell me, Marla, no te, ¿por qué tú te ahogas con un vaso de agua? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And of course, you know, I'm, it, it's, I, I, I'm just happy, you know, like, um, mm -hmm. I have, I have shared with, you know, people on the show and have told them how, you know, my parents got divorced. So my connection with my father went up to 12 years, okay. um, old, you know, so mm -hmm. mainly just my, um, infancia. And then when I moved here, you know, um, you, you have problems, you know, after divorce, you sometimes te sacas la, la, el enojo cuando no, no deberías, you know, mm -hmm. but somos inmaduros, la neta, la verdad es esa. Mm -hmm. And then now I have like a more a strong connection with my dad, even though I haven't seen him for like 10 years. So okay. seeing a person like, you know, uh, listen to your story and the connection that you had with your father is, is very touchy. And then, of course, it makes me happy to see connection with like fathers and daughters and yeah. like that. And I know he played a huge role for you. That's, mm -hmm. you know, he overcomes so many struggles and, um, and for you to become a feminist. So if you can share with us, you know, like, how huge was the role of your father in your life for you to become a feminist? Yeah, um, my dad played a tremendous role. Not only like who I am as an individual, but I guess how I saw him, like how you said, he was like my hero. My dad was like my mm -hmm. best friend, everything. We used to argue about like politics and fem. Oh my God, a favorite <laughs> argument was feminism. Like we would go on and on about feminism. And I know that in the back of his mind, he was always like challenging me to to give him the answer that he wanted. And I was like, no, dad, like we're not doing this. Um, <laughs> I am one of three girls. And I guess my dad always instilled in us that we had to be prideful of who we were as individuals. And we had to portray ourselves, you know, like with grace. And we had to be like, <laughs> our everything had to be like to the T, like our posture, mm -hmm. how we behave, how we would sit at a table. So he, he always instilled in us that we had to be nothing less like we had to be let's just say we had to be perfect but that was mm -hmm. something that was shown to him he he grew up with everything had to be perfect every as a as a woman you had to be set at the table quiet and at the mm -hmm. same time he gave us that he, gave, he portrayed like you had to be a strong woman you know behave don't speak too loud. But at the same time, he was very like, no, if you have to say something, speak up for yourself. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And fortunately, my parents were married 28 years. And mm -hmm. my dad always like respected my mother always, even if I would raise my voice and my mom, he'd be like, no, like, don't talk to your mother like that. Respect your mother. Like you wouldn't want me yelling at your mom. So growing up like that, I always saw that, okay, like my dad respects women and this is how I expect every man to treat a woman. And <laughs> yeah, I was like, you're like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was, I was very, very fortunate to have my, like you said, I have, I had a great relationship with my dad. So having that, I see, you know, everything that's going on with like feminism and some people are always like, no, like feminists always think that uh, women have to be greater than men. And it, that's not the situation. And I can see that with my dad, where it's like, he was a feminist. He never admitted to being a feminist. 
He's like, no, yo no sé qué es eso. I'm like, dad, you are a feminist. Like, just take it. And he's like, no. But um, yeah, he was always, he allowed me to do whatever I wanted, be whoever I wanted. And it was because of that, that I always strived to be so strong and to just do whatever I want, like anything. Like my dream when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a dentist. And then I changed, I wanted to be a veterinarian. And then I did like, I went to all these like career changes and anything would be like, okay, so what are you doing to like, to aim to go? What are you doing? What is it? He always, always like supported me. So I think like by him being so supportive, I understood that this is how men should be. This is how, so in my mind, it's like, I have no other way to look at things. Like, this is exactly how I see the world, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But he definitely, like I mentioned, he was from an older generation. So he still had, um, I guess, the machismo in him. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's definitely a Central American thing where it's like, oh, oh yeah. no, you know? <laughs> so my mom definitely catered to him. My mom definitely, like, had his meal ready and had his PJs ready before bed and would do certain things. So I also mm -hmm. got that different perspective where it's like, all right, there's a limit also to everything. Um, but yeah, so just things like that, that helped me become like a feminist. And that's where my career is, is going towards. Oh, I, you know, everything you were saying, I was just smiling the entire <laughs> time, you know, because he like, you know, I mean, we can talk about years, years about machismo in Central America. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it can be like an entire series. But seeing someone who is passionate, you know, like um, like that, to tell their kids, like, you know, like, no te dejes, you know, yeah. uh, speak up, you know, or, yeah, maybe like, uh, como los papás siempre, hay que cierra la pierna que no te pustes aquí, yeah. you know, like, yeah. it, it, it's, it's, it, the, we still need to work on that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um uh but seeing you know your dad that play a huge role like that and it makes me think of uh have you seen the say it's like you know um you creo que era es un meme que he visto la, la, la verdad creo que es but um of like oh you know um how us girls grew up seeing our dad and that later what we see in our dad that's what we look mm -hmm. into in a relationship yes you see? <laughs> so hearing that i'm like i you know like I feel like you growing up, you know, you saw how your dad, you know, treated your mom, mm -hmm. you know, like with love, with passion, you know, like con respeto and todo. So, of course, in the later, you don't want nobody to be doing nothing less than that, you know, yeah. <laughs> like nothing less because you don't you do not reserve nothing less, you know. Yeah, and I don't um, I kind of like I don't I don't understand anything else. Anything less than that, I'm like. No, like if anyone is like my past relationships or anything, mm -hmm. like a little yell or not doing something, oh. be like, no, no, I'm done. I'm out of here. <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. That's this, you know, my, 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 my brother used to tell my mom all the time, you know, I, like I said, I grew up with my mom. My mom, si mi hermano siempre dice, es que, le dice a mi mamá, es que vos has creado a Alejandra en un matriarcado and that's why she like, because it took me forever for me to have it, you know, another partner mm -hmm. you know, it's like, por eso es que ella nunca quería tener novio y que no sé qué, y no me you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, but at, at, at some point, it does. It, it has a connection. You know what I mean? Because I, I'm, I'm, I'm the same. You know, like, do not scream at me. Do not tell me like, oh, de esta forma, or like, what if I want to dress like this way, or, or yeah. not? You know, <laughs> it, you don't. You grew up in an un ambiente like that. You know, for me, seeing my mom as, you know, like, oh, you know, like she the boss and you seeing your dad as respect mm -hmm. you know you need to ask for respect you know love your you have the voice and everything it does play a huge role in us in a woman you know uh, society um as as you and a woman and of course you know and how you interact and of course how your relations are later on so um, i'm happy of course to to hear that your father and i hope hope you know other fathers can follow <laughs> that you know yeah I <laughs> <can> follow that. <laughs> but you know of course machismo is is hard to um ¿cómo es que se llama? Explicar. i always say it's hard to dismantle that because mm -hmm. it's it's what they're known like it's just generations i can't really blame 
you know, like mm-hmm. their genetics, just how they how their fathers grew up, their great yeah. grandfathers grew up. So it's like that's what they've always seen. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. think like between his generation and my generation that we're able to kind of end that where it's like more mm-hmm. of an equal thing where it's like, okay, yeah. you cook, I clean, I put the table, yeah. you give the dog food, you know, it's like half and half yeah. everything. Yes, I'm doing the happy dance right here. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. Because it's, it, I mean, it's, 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 it's hard, like you said, it's hard to dismantle, but we can work towards that. Yeah. We can work towards that definitely in huge ways. And of course, probably later on, um, we can see generation to be, you know, less machistas, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and having to, you know, really, because I'm sure, you know, like how you said, you know, like, um, que el feminismo no es como que el, Come on, I, I forgot the, the word you said. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, I have it in my, in my tongue. That you oh. said, um, que el feminismo es que le quitaba poder a los hombres. Yeah. But, it's not, but it's not like that. You know, no, people but I, did, yeah, I didn't mention yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, that part, I'm like, it is true because, you know, uh, yes, it's hard to come into explain to our parents about like the idea of feminism mm-hmm. and like you know because they're like oh no can porque las mujeres no pueden hacer in the castle you know my my dad was in love for me to go to the una armada he oh. grew up in the military and he okay. was even when I moved here he was like vas a entrar a la fuerza aérea vas a entrar a la fuerza aérea vas a entrar a algo de la army and uh-huh. I was like no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see myself doing that. Yeah, yeah. So, and that even though my dad, um, like I said, I didn't grow up with my dad um all the time, mm-hmm. but he was the type of dad that he will give me whatever, like you know, um, for example, you know, una una cosa para you know, like soldar. He will yeah. give me um anything para chapear el monte. He oh. will never tell me like, oh, you cannot do that. You cannot mm-hmm. touch that. If I wanted to play soccer. I'll play it. If I wanted to play football, I'll play it. Mm -hmm. If I wanted to do whatever I wanted, like I, there's some things that I do, like, you know, when I move here, he's like, Oh, how do you learn? I'm like, Oh, my dad taught me that. You know what I mean? He's like, small little things that even my dad never said it, you know, like, Oh, you know, at a certain point he was a little machista pero en otras partes como he never limited me yeah if, if that, if that's, that's what I wanted to say he never yeah, limited the same thing where limitation yeah. like didn't exist for them for us <laughs> yeah yeah you know like porque I know you know my dad of course like he pushed me to like go so like it was like como un amor que le tenía las fuerzas armadas mm-hmm. you know he was like go to like an army or like in the naval or things like that but I know their parents was like no that's not for women you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. but my dad was like oh yeah you can do it you know when I was little I wanted to be a pilot back in Honduras but okay. um, I, I I didn't reach the, the, the height <laughs> so you know things like I feel like just comments like that when you grow up like that you grow up knowing like there's no limit as you mm-hmm. as a woman so you go into the worst place even though in the relationship you go into worst place uh even um in the relationship on your work in your friends and you know there's no limit for you yeah because you're capable of everything because the equality that you have we're not the gender and we're very strong so i'm happy to see fathers in like yours and of course other who are embracing that even though they're the older generation but yeah going back on what you said no limit like between that and it was just more of like i think also for him it was more of like a kind of like a prideful thing where it's like i used to i travel a lot Mm-hmm. We always tell everyone, like, oh, see, sí. he used to call me Negrita. So he'd be like, ah, see, sí, mi Negrita. Or he would call me Princesita. Mi Princesita se fue aquí, se fue allá, y tanto viaja. So anything I would do, it would be, like, his his honor. So anything, you know, just from traveling to working to the university that I got into, which when I told him I got into NYU, was, like, the moment, his, like, I, I've never seen him so happy, where it's, like, I was able to get into this prestigious university because of him. You know, it was more like I did this because he wanted me to to be better and know that I can't go into any school I want to and just attend. If I wanted to go to Harvard, I could just because I had that opportunity and I had him like right next mm-hmm. to me in every step of the way. So that's definitely another factor that I see is more of like a pride also. Like he, I win, mm-hmm. he wins, you know? Yes. Oh my God. I, you almost <laughs> made me cry. I'm like here, like, 
can I do you know like how can I hug your dad you know what I mean <laughs> Uh, but um, I'm so happy. Like I honestly have tears in my eyes of of knowing that. And you know, it was um, how can I say this? It's very sad when you know we were talking about before it, um for the episode and how you share with us that he passed away early this year due to COVID. And I know you wanted it to share like you know the effect that I had had COVID and the community of colors, of course. So. I wanted to give you a space for that. I know it's not easy. And for everyone who have lost a, a significant other um, due to COVID, I know it's not easy, especially like not only this year, it will, it, the the loss will never, you know, nunca se va, ese, ese lugar nunca se va a Yeah. And it, it's hard. And I know that I, seeing it, You know, some people can no hacen caso. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll say it like that. I'm sorry for people like yeah, yeah. Hacen caso. There's people who actually die and people who are actually losing their families mm -hmm. due to this matter. And seeing how people are neglecting and people who are thinking that is just something made up by the media mm -hmm. is very irresponsible. So I'm sorry <laughs> to say that, but like I, I needed to say it to you know, if someone is listening to you out there and thinking that the The whatever the mayors, governors are putting in place are for you to, you know, no sé, para que no pases Navidad o algo así. Yeah. You know, es de verdad, es para salvar vidas. And, you mm -hmm. know, like, like Marla, you know, she lost her father due to the situation. And mm -hmm. she's just one of the case of many other who have loved many, you know, family members. So how, I'll, I'll just give you space. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Um, yeah, so I did lose my dad back in April. Um, it was something honest, obviously it was very, very unexpected. It was just one week he was fine. And then the next week he was gone. Um, but it definitely, it took a while for me to just even talk about it. Um, mm -hmm. sorry. Um, but yeah, it took a while for me to just talk about it. because like, I just like reminiscing about him now it's, it's stronger because I, I guess I reminisce about him with, you know, good memories as opposed to you know, he's gone. Um, But yeah, it was, it was really hard. It was just that, and it's now it, the first couple months, it was just, I was mad. I was just so angry. I never understood like why him, why him? Because like I said, we, he was my best friend. Like he was my world. So seeing people like not wearing masks and not respecting the like, just basic rules, just keep your distance or just put a mask on. It was, it was very, very frustrating. And even until this day, it's not so much like, I can't be angry at those people anymore because they just, they're never going to understand until mm -hmm. you're not affected. Like personally, you're never going to respect that. And you're never going to understand what that person or that family has gone through. And like I tell everyone, like I can't, I can't be the mayor to like people who don't wear a mask. If they don't want to mm -hmm. wear a mask, I can't control them. That's their life. Mm -hmm. But it's just that it's, it's a set of like respect, respect for like mm -hmm. those who are around you, those who have lost individuals and you don't even know half the things that they have to, that they've had to go through to just get by through the day. And then seeing someone who doesn't wear a mask, it's like, it's infuriating. It's like, why, why? It's so simple. Just wear a mask. You don't understand the difference that it will make to someone, you know, it's like, and like you said, going back on the media, there's a lot of people who also believe that it's the media no it's just the government controlling no it's not it might have been like the first couple of days that it was like blown out of proportion and then people started to realize like no this is an actual thing this is a pandemic like we are going through something that we've never seen and our generation like someone maybe who's a hundred years old rem remembers the the spanish mm -hmm. group, but it, that's only a small percentage of what the world is living in you know like we mm -hmm. don't know how to handle this and people who just ignore the simple rules it's it's something that i can't ever understand like i don't want to associate myself with you i don't want to be next to you i don't want to be friends with you and it's it's frustrating it, it, it is it is very frustrating um because this um how can i put it into perspective i i see people you know i i work in the food business you know mm -hmm. i I I change my gloves so much. Yeah. I wear my, you know, like I am exposed to so many people. And even in the morning when I go in and work, I still have to fight customer who do not want to put a mask on. Even after so many months. 
you know, even after so many months, even though it says before you enter the restaurant, you, you know what I mean? And it's out of respect. Um, mi mamá dice, um, me decía tantas veces, es que nunca van a entender hasta que no les toque a alguien yeah. cerca de su familia. But why do you have to wait until that time? Mm-hmm. They just, it's, why? it's like it doesn't, like I said, if it's not, no le, si no le afecta, no van a parar. They're just going to do whatever they want to, like if their lives are normal. Because technically, their lives are normal. Like nothing, mm-hmm. nothing has affected them for them to change their ways, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it, it is very frustrating, and of course, you know, our communities are the most are mm-hmm. getting the most affected. Uh, one of the reason that I will put it is because, of course, community college are more predominant to go to work because they're essential workers. Mm-hmm. So they're there, you know, putting their life and dealing with people who do not care. Yeah, that, yeah. I will say that like uh, how you mentioned, like predominantly, it is working class community. So these are the people who are janitors or teachers crossing guards or part of the public transportation and they're put with like their frontline workers who have to go through this every single day and they don't get the the access to healthcare that they deserve you know or like the financial help that they need because they're minorities and it's our community is the one that's being affected the most as my dad was you know it's just as you said my dad is one out of the thousands of families that have been affected by this yeah. And, you know, it, it's just sad. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm um, talking with Marla. We scheduled this episode um, a long time ago. I didn't know what she was going through until I read it. And I was like, did you just pause for a second? Mm-hmm. And you realize that it's, it, you always going to come into contact with someone who lost someone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or even um, um, close or knows about someone. And why... To be like, oh, yeah, I know somebody or this and that. No, you should be like, oh, you know, I want to stop this. You know, like yeah. it's as simple as a mask. Mm-hmm. Just a mask. Even when people are like, oh, que va a ser una mascarilla? Oh, a, a lot. lot. <laughs> a lot. You know, like, don't, don't make me start telling you. Yeah, what it's like, no. That's literally my reaction. I'm like, what? <laughs> a lot, literally. Like. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, as, you know, Marla's dad probably, you know, like he had, you know, has, we have talked before, you know, he was a hardworking human being and mm-hmm. loved, me. Uh, you know, he wanted to support his families in any type of way. That's the same, you know, you can see cases and people like that throughout this country and throughout the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, is is this disease has affected so many people across the world. Yeah. And especially, but I feel like here in the United States, I don't know what's going on with us. I'm sorry, but I don't know what's going on with us. Like, Unfortunately, we, that, is, that, that is our government. That is our it, old it, it is. <laughs> it, it, it is, but um, at the same time, like, ay, Dios mío. Like, we already know, like, if they're incapable to say mm-hmm. factable or even put you, you know, or to be a leader, because, I mean, we already know they haven't been for the past, Um why can't we change it? You know, we have talked about how our community, how can we change, how can we make changes little by little? Mm-hmm. And if we know our neighbors, if we know our family or friends or people, you know, close to us or, you know, coworkers or anything, if we know they, if they get, you know, COVID, they might die. Or, yeah. you know, even if you, if you were healthy, even if you're healthy, you can still get and die. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's not about like, oh, look, at tienen, you know, like, or just it's not like it's anyone to be yeah. honest why if we know that why would you not do that change yeah it's a minor of you know like yo a veces me la pongo central a casa que se me olvida de tantas veces que me la you know and, and it's just you know and um we wanted of course you know to share and you know um this information for everyone because cases are going high yes, so much Oh my God, here in the Bay, I don't know, you know, people are complaining about the new curfew and the new laws or place and mm-hmm. anything. And, you know, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm truly sad of what the small businesses are going through. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very sad as we, I have, I told you, you know, like this probably will consider, be considered a depression. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, how the economy is going, how, you know, the high level of unemployment and we can mm-hmm. give you everything but one thing is nunca 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 se puede jugar que es con la vida de las personas yeah i, I never play 
do never play with the life of a person because una vida no se puede regresar. Yeah. And I know un trabajo también te duele because I know uh, tienes que mantener, you know, tu familia, tienes mm -hmm. hijos, mm -hmm. you know, you have to support your family back home. But consider that your life is more important than ever and that maybe your brother, your father, your mom, your grandma, even if you're like, oh, no me puede haber una amiga or lo que sea. Yeah, you never know. affects someone. If it affects, if you if you're going to catch COVID, then just know that it's going to affect everyone, everyone you come in contact with, and it's like that's what you have to put into perspective. Like, yeah, you're gonna just hang out with this one friend. That friend has COVID. Now you are exposed to it. Now, so everyone you hang out with, you know, it's like something so simple like that. It's so it's so important to just realize, okay. I have to, you have to like embed it in your head. Like, okay, I can't do this mm -hmm. because this is the effect of that, you know? Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, mm -hmm. and I have said, going to work every morning since, you know, even everything closed, um, it was scary. You know, my mom, and my mom not tiene, you know, like enfermedades, así como decían, mm -hmm. like, oh, if you had anything. My mom tiene rinitis. I know, se le pega una gripe, she will not be able to breathe. Yeah. Like, just as simple as that, you know? Um, and, and still, and even though with something minor like that, it's, I, I only live with my mom, my brother, and I, mm -hmm. you know? So we're only three. Yeah. Even going to work is like, ¿cómo se llama? Un nightmare coming back. Because yeah, you never know. Mucho. Huh? Que te preocupa mucho. It's like a worry. Yeah. 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 And, you know, it's like it's like a nightmare because you, you never know, you know? Yeah. Working, you will never know cuando te va a pasar algo así. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have told my mom, like, uh, la gente uh, aquí en Los Ángeles yo soy bien friolenta but uh, aquí en Los Ángeles people when customer are like oh para que te cubres tanto you look like you're going to Alaska I'm like <laughs> I don't want to get sick even with a minor gripe yeah yeah because one little thing will make my immune system go low mm. and I don't want that yeah. So please, people, you know, take care of yourself. Take care of everyone around you. Take care of your family members. And no please do wear a mask. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. I was like, and just wear a mask. <laughs> yeah. And please, please do wear a mask. I'm like, yo no sé ni cómo vamos a decir eso. Lo quiero inglés, francés. Por favor, pónganse una mascarilla. You know, especially, you know, um, I know this episode is the last episode that we had from 2020. And I'm sure we're going through, we're going to enter 2021 no. um, with this, with this. And Please, if you don't want another 2020, mm -hmm. wear a mask. Yes. <laughs> but I'm just going to finish it. But do you want to say anything else before we close? Um, no, that was pretty much it. I mean, you ended the comments with everything I was going to say about COVID. And, you know, um, just to leave it with, I guess, who my father was. He was a immigrant from Guatemala. It's just... We have to be proud of who we are, you know, our parents, what their struggles, mm -hmm. what they had to face. And I guess just be proud of who you are. As I know that I am proud to be a Latina woman, Dominican, Guatemalan, American. Um, but yeah, Alejandra, thank you so much for having me. It was amazing talking to you. Oh, thank you so much, Marlene. Thank you for coming here to share not only your story, but your story of your father. Um, thank you, everyone who listened you know, today, and we'll see you in 2021. Don't forget to check out our website at centralamericanvoices.com where you can subscribe to our mailing list. Also follow us on Instagram at Centown Voices Podcast and on Twitter at Centown Voices Pod for more updates. And don't forget to come back next week to hear our newest episode. Bye.